We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And Oladipo wants it again. Approaching two minutes to play. With What is going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace on PacersTalk.net. I'm your host for tonight's show, Alex Golden. And joining me, as always, is the biggest Bradley Beal fan in America, Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, what's going on, brother? Ooh, we got to get you some new jokes, Alex, because I am rocking with these Pacers every day, every night. You can count on it. I'm going to be here when we climb out of this sixth spot and finally take over maybe even the two seed. Who knows? It's getting tight out here. Yeah, well, if the Pacers want to get that two seed, they're going to have to put last night's game against the Utah Jazz behind them because, Fachi, that was an atrocious performance by the team. Oh, it really was. And look, you play 82 regular season games. It sounds even sad to say it, but one of these games, you're going to come out flat, and that's what it was for the Pacers. They trailed all game. It was a back-to-back on the road, three games in four nights, coming off playing Denver. I mean, it was just – it all added up to just – it wasn't their night. It's, it sounds rough to say, but the Pacers came out flat. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that was expected because they just had a hard-fought victory in Denver, which I felt like that win – kind of set the tone for what we were going to get from uh, the Utah game because the Pacers were really struggling with Denver. They couldn't get over the hump. And then the fourth quarter, they just went on an offensive explosion. Uh, love what we saw from Doug McDermott. It was so funny because Sabonis had his first triple-double, but McDermott went 9 for 10 from uh, the field. So it was like, who is the player of the game? I was curious to see what people thought. And after like 600 and some votes on my Twitter, Fachi, it ended up being a dead tie. So I just like... <laughs> I couldn't believe it, like a dead tie between both players. I mean, that's just how impactful they were. And you got to give it to Sabonis. He played 41 minutes in that game. And unfortunately, Miles Turner got in some massive foul trouble. Just really couldn't stay on the floor defensively. And it was just one of those games where you had to rely on your bench to bring you through. And that's what they did. McDermott was huge in that fourth quarter. I mean, he could not have played a better fourth quarter. The guy shooting the ball very well lately. Uh, We've talked about it before. It is a crime if he is not in the three-point contest because he is very deserving, shooting over 44% from the field. And we don't win that game without McDermott, 
you know, catching fire. Obviously, Sabonis' triple-double, that was huge. We had all kind of been waiting for that. He had been close to it. But you can never knock McDermott just going bananas in the fourth. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of going bananas, let's go back to that Utah Jazz game because it was the greatest part of the entire game, Fachi, was in garbage time. The Pacers had to miss two more free throws for the Utah Jazz fans in attendance to receive free Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. Like, if I was a Utah Jazz fan, like, I would be cheering for two misses as well because, I mean, we used to do miss it for a biscuit here in Indianapolis a couple years ago, but Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets, like, that's a big deal. And so Goga goes up to the line, misses his first free throw, and the crowd goes crazy, but little do they know that George's Niang actually, like, was crossing the line too early, so they call it a lane violation. They give Goga a retry for the first shot. He clanks it again. The crowd's going crazy. They're thinking they just won free chicken nuggets. I'm like, I mean, they're going insane. I mean, they're up by 30 points. They're going in crazy in garbage time for a, a missed free throw. And then they see the referee give Goga the ball again. And they're like, wait, what, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> and then Goga just splashes the net. Just crushes the dreams of every Jazz fan there, <laughs> getting free chicken nuggets with a minute left. There's probably not going to be another foul on the Pacers. So, uh, thankfully, Goga knocks that one down, and he prevents all of the Utah Jazz fans from getting free chicken nuggets. I think the 30-point win should suffice. It should. Sometimes you got to catch a W somewhere, and I guess if the Pacers de- deprive those Jazz fans of nuggets then, hey, that's the best that we could do, unfortunately. Uh, fans will do some wild stuff for some nuggets. We saw Isaiah Thomas recently, about a couple weeks ago, go into the stands to confront a fan, and that fan admitted he was just trying to get some free food <laughs> by Isaiah missing some free throws. So I just people will do frosty. some wild stuff. Exactly. That's a, Yeah. You know, the fans, if it's free, they will go berserk. And exactly. that is uh, pretty much what we saw there. But, yeah, hey, rough game of the Pacers. The best of times are ahead. Yeah, well, the Pacers are 1-1 one one on this road trip, but they're 2-0 and against the Nuggets. <laughs> but anyway, Fachi, to, to move on from that, I want to let everybody know that today is the day that we will be picking the Pacers giveaway that I put on Twitter. Two free tickets to see Victor Oladipo's return in just eight days, Fachi. So if you're listening to this, it'll be a week from today. Uh, when you'll get to hear this because we're recording Tuesday night, but this will be uploaded Wednesday morning. And so I just wanted to go ahead and let all the people know that have entered the contest uh, who my final five are, Fachi. So uh, I'm going to read those names off real quick. We've got Samuel Spray, Chill Russell, Monica, uh, Jake X-Line, and Tyler Hamilton. So if one of those were your names... And I'm sorry, Monica's last name was not on here. So if you are Monica and you applied and your last name is on here, I am not talking to you. But it looks like uh, Monica, who is a teacher, that's who I'm referring to. So out of those five, Fachi, um, we're going to pick our winner at the end of the show. So if you guys are here for that, please stay with us. And then you can check at the end of the show later. But, yeah, I just wanted to go ahead and let everybody know that those were the five finalists. Uh, It was very tough to pick because we had a lot of good entries, Fachi. Oh, yeah. Good luck to you all because you are not going to want to miss Victor Oladipo's return. It has been long awaited. We are talking over one year. Uh, The wait is almost over. So good luck to uh, the final contestants and uh, whoever the winner is. Hope you enjoy. I hope you're loud at the game and I hope you uh, witness a Pacers W. Absolutely. They should beat the Chicago Bulls at home for Oladipo's return. I would be devastated if they didn't. And I'm going to be honest, I'm a little bit jealous that I'm giving these tickets away because I unfortunately will not be able to watch the game live or uh, attend the game. So I'm going to have to catch on uh, catch it later because I've got something going on that night. But yeah, Fachi, I mean, this is just awesome. We're three games away until we get to see Victor Oladipo's return. It's starting to feel real. It really is because we're seeing all these fake trades on Twitter, but we got the best acquisition coming our way in Victor Oladipo, and it's not going to cost us a thing. Boom. And you know what that means right there? You, Fachi, just gave a great segue into Facts with Fachi. So let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Get your facts straight. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. 
All right, we are here with Facts with Fachi, and for my fact of the day, TJ McConnell's 13.8 assists per 100 possessions would rank second in the league behind only LeBron James. Alex, what do you think of that stat whenever you're in the same category as LeBron? It's got to be a good one. Yeah, can you please repeat that so I make sure I heard it uh, clearly? TJ McConnell's 13.8 assists per 100 possessions currently would rank second in the league behind only LeBron James. Wow. That's <laughs> well, that's something. I feel like this is one of those stats we'd see or one of these facts that we'd see on uh, Fox Sports Indiana. <laughs> hey, you know, whenever you're talking per 100 possessions, obviously it gets a little wild. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just one of those fun stats where you, you wouldn't think number two would be T.J. McConnell. But it's none other than our very own. That That is definitely interesting because I would not have expected to see T.J. McConnell as number two. You're right, Foch. I mean, even, the, even though the stat is a little bit skewed because it's per 100 possessions, like you think about all the other great passers in the NBA, um, the fact that McConnell would be up there that high, it just goes to show you how great he has been this season. Mm-hmm. Really has, and he's protecting the ball. We saw it. I mean, he was one of the few bright spots against Utah with 10 assists, and I think it was maybe just one turnover. So, I mean, he's someone uh, that right now I feel like is, is just playing zero turnovers. I apologize to you, TJ McConnell. I did not mean to uh, think low of you. 10 <laughs> assists, zero turnovers. It was a horrible game, but he's just protecting the ball, and you got to admire that. Yeah, no, TJ McConnell, I mean, my goodness, like, We've talked about this. We talked about it last week with Ken Sterling on this show Wednesday last week. But I basically was just like, yeah, I mean, I expected McConnell to be the third string point guard and play, you know, for Brogdon whenever he gets hurt or needs rest or if uh, if Holiday gets hurt. I never expected him to be this much of a, a this important of a piece to the rotation. Like it, it's it's crazy to me. I just can't believe that he's been this important to the Pacers' success. But He's been fantastic. He really has. I, I think only former teammates of McConnell would be the ones to say, hey, I expected this. Because I remember Pacer fans being like, uh, all right, well, he better not take away minutes from Aaron Holiday. Like, that was pretty much the next reaction. And, hey, we're lucky to have TJ McConnell because he's been a vital piece of this team, especially the second unit, of course. Oh, of course. Like, I was one of those people saying the same thing. I'm like, yeah, he better not be taking none of uh... – uh, holidays minutes because we all thought the reason they didn't bring Corey Joseph back was because they wanted Aaron Holiday to get those minutes and I think we've all kind of figured out that Aaron Holiday is best coming off uh, off the ball I think he's better at playing shooting guard than he is playing the the point guard position and that's why I think this kind of is a rabbit trail but that's why I kind of think that Aaron Holiday is going to be the odd man out when Oladipo returns Furwell could be I, I think that it's Looking that way right now, I mean, if, if you're not getting enough three-point shooting, then why would you ever remove Doug McDermott from the lineup? You know, it, it's things like TJ McConnell. You just cannot replace him right now. You cannot just not give him minutes. It, it would be detrimental to the team. And a guy like Jeremy Lamb, who at times has been hot and cold, is still a vital piece to this team and someone who there are expectations for. So Aaron Holiday becomes that guy where – He could be the odd man out. I still would like to find him some minutes here and there instead of just phasing him out completely, though. Yeah, no, I mean, I understand that aspect of it because you do want to give him minutes. And we talked about this earlier today via text. Like, we're not sure how many minutes Oladipo is going to be given. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things. And I do think that injuries could occur and that could keep the Pacers, you know, from having a full healthy roster with a 10-minute rotation. But... The problem is with Sabonis and Turner starting and them both playing significant minutes, the the power forward position is just kind of vacant right now. I mean, I know Justin Holiday plays back at power forward, but if you're going to want to play a 10-man rotation, you're going to have to slide T.J. Warren or Doug McDermott into the four spot a little bit playing next to Sabonis and Turner, and I think that could happen some. Uh, I, I really do believe that they could do that, but it's just going to depend on what this team wants to do going forward. So, Anyway, Foch, that's all I have to say about that. I don't want to keep hammering the same conversation over and over. Sounds good to me. Why don't we move over to our next segment, Alex? All right, let's do it. The Golden Star Player of the Week, Focci. It was a tough one, my man, because 
to be honest with you, like I, Sabonis, triple double. He played really good against uh, Minnesota last Wednesday, but he also had two clunker games, um, just where he didn't look very good. And then you look at a guy like T.J. Warren, who's always putting up consistent numbers, but outside of scoring, and I know pretty good defense, uh, not, not great rebounded assist numbers and stuff like that. So ended up going with the guy that we like to call the president, because if you look at these last numbers, Fachi, uh, not including last night's game, that game was just uh, a forgettable game, okay? So 22 points, 8 assists, 3 rebounds against the Nuggets with a monster slam. You look at the, the Minnesota game before that, didn't shoot the ball well, only had 12 points, but he had 10 assists, and he hit the clutch floater to give him the two-point lead that eventually won the game. Then you go back to the other Minnesota game, he had 21 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds, just consistent. And then if you look at the Sixers game from the week before, 21 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists in his return, and the he hit the, the game-winning shot there as well, or one of the go-ahead shots there as well. So I think the Pacers just really are grateful to have Malcolm Brogdon in the rotation and back healthy because he is so important to this team. Completely. Uh, if you went from just a pure box score perspective, he wouldn't look like the you know the golden star player of the week. But it's in that game, in all those games that you mentioned, key moments he took advantage of. Shots down the stretch, really saving his best for last and helping the Pacers overcome deficits because a bunch of those games were comebacks. I mean, the Denver game, Minnesota, I mean, Philadelphia. I mean, those were all games that we needed Brogdon down the stretch, and he delivered. Yeah. I mean, and they've been putting this stat and graphic up on Fox Sports Indiana about, you know, Malcolm Brogdon being a top five clutch player in the NBA. And when you add Oladipo with that for the future, I mean, you got a lot to be excited about if you're a Pacer fan. It's true. That sounds like the clutchest backcourt in the NBA. I mean, people cannot forget just how clutch Vic was. I mean, he was having some big-time shots that pretty much made it really easy to forget about Paul George in the clutch because there was times where you everybody remembers the infamous 0 for 15 stat on game winners, and it felt like Oladipo had you know like three game winners in a year and a half or even more than that. Pretty much shots at the buzzer or under you know five seconds or so. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, let's not even bring Paul George up anymore, please. Like, can you can we please just erase that? Like, if we're gonna make fun of anything, let's just make fun of how much you love the Wizards because it's not true, but it's still fun. But yeah. um, emphasis on not true. <laughs> but but Oladipo, just so clutch. I mean, so many game winners in just a short span of time as being a Pacer. It's just it's just I can't describe how excited I am to see him back. I just. Want him to be healthy, number one. I don't want to rush him back and overdo it. But him and Brogdon together, I think that backcourt can be very scary. And once they get a couple months of playing basketball together with him, come April, I don't think anybody's really going to want to play the Pacers. And we're going to be the team that could really be clicking on all cylinders once the playoffs start. And that's why I think it is imperative that we get the two seed because you don't want to play one of the top six teams in the first round if you can. Avoid it get a Magic or a Brooklyn team because we know that they're not as strong as a top six. So, yeah, Fodge, I mean, this is just one of those things where Brogdon has been unreal, and that's why I think he was deserving of the Golden Star Player of the Week. Completely. We've seen since Brogdon has returned uh, from his various injuries, uh, it's made all the difference. This Pacers team just looks far more complete with him, and that's without Vic. So when you combine the two of them, I mean, here we are thinking, like, what what is realistic for this Pacer team? Because I can't rule them out being a two-seed or a three-seed or a four-seed, anything of a sort. It just seems like we're getting our best player back who's, you think, you know, should be close to 100%. If not, I think the Pacers have taken all of the right steps. Even if he's only 80%, it is a huge boost to this team. And Brogdon knows, hey, this is Victor's team, and I can't wait to play with him. Absolutely, and that's what you got to love about this team is they're so smart, they're so committed to one another, and they're all just behind everybody, you know, getting the praise they deserve. Like Oladipo said, Sabona should be an all-star this year. You know, it's just one of those things you love to see how all these guys love playing with one another, respect one another, and want to lift each other up. So great, great thing to see. But Fachi, 
I think we've rambled off on enough about Brogdon for now. I think it's time that we go into a segment you wanted to bring up for this uh, part of the show. Yeah, sure. So I thought right now we've already crossed over into basically the second half of the season. Uh, where Pacers will be playing their 44th game coming up. Um, and right now, I thought we'd do some player grades. I thought it'd be fun to grade some of the players in the team thus far. And we could always do one at the end of the regular season. But uh, for now, what do you think about grading the players in the first half? I, I'm all for it. So I'll let you start off because this was your segment idea and I think it's fun. Sure thing. All right, so starting from uh, the first player, DeMontis Sabonis. I feel like Sabonis is someone that right now I'm going to hand out an A to. He's leading the team in points, rebounds, uh, obviously double-doubles. He's in the top three in the league, and it looks like he's on the cusp of his first all-star appearance. Uh, Alex, he's also on pace to break the Pacers' regular season rebound record. Could you argue with my A grade, or is there something else you wanted to give him? Yeah, I gave Sabonis an A-plus, and he's the only person I gave an A-plus to, and that's not because I'm a Sabonis homer. He's been the best player on the team. He's been healthy. He did miss a few games, but for the most part, he's been healthy. The team is usually much better with him in the game. He is the all-star of the team right now without Oladipo, and while he might not be the you know a three-point threat, I think his defense on the perimeter has gotten significantly better. He's been able to use his right hand a lot more than he did last year instead of always going left. And I think that getting that triple-double against Denver, I mean, you just see so many times he's been so close to it and how many times he's had 15-plus rebounds or more. And it's not just because, you know, uh, the ball comes to him. He actively fights for the ball. I mean, he is just an amazing passer. I just think that everything runs through Sabonis. He runs both the first and second units for when he's out there. They trust him to make the right reads, and I just feel like an A-plus is worthy. I mean, I guess A-plus means that there's not room for improvement, which there still is with a three-point shot if he could develop that and become a better rim protector. But with what he's asked to do, that's why I gave him an A-plus. I couldn't argue with that. That's the only reason why I didn't give him an A-plus. I hoped the three-point shot would be there a little bit more just because last year was so limited, but he shot a good percentage. It was something like uh, like 5 of 11 last year. So I, so I thought that would be a little bit more growth, but an A. You can never argue with an A. No. Uh, I mean, apples and oranges, oh, right? <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Now moving over to the next player I wanted to grade, I was going to go with TJ Warren. Okay. TJ Warren is someone who I've been very impressed with. I'm going to give an A minus to. Okay. I think that he's proved that he's the real deal scoring wise. He can get a basket pretty much all over. Um, but and, and he has improved his defense. His defense was something that we heard didn't even exist. It's definitely evident that it's there. It's improved. But I think that he needs to rebound a bit more and at times pass the ball a little bit more. Uh, I, I love him from a scoring perspective. But I think the Pacers' rebound issue could be a little bit improved if T.J. Warren could pick it up. Could you argue with an A-, minus, Alex? Well, I gave him an A. So once again, just okay. a little bit higher than you. Maybe I'm being too friendly. But I just feel like what the Pacers got him for, nothing. Um, basically putting up the same amount of numbers as Bogdanovich was last year. It's kind of crazy how how similar their numbers are if you look at the points per game mm-hmm. and the percentages. Now, we know that... Warren is a different type of player than Bogdanovich yes. because he's not a three-point shooter. He he has such a beautiful floater, about an eight-foot eight, eight foot inside game is so beautiful from, from Warren. I don't know how he hits all these shots, but it's just he makes so many difficult shots look easy. And one of the things I love about him is the way he has embraced the challenge of being a defender. Now, I get it. He needs to be a better passer and a better rebounder on paper, but that's not his game. So, Similar to Sabonis shooting threes, like it's something that they're not great at. So, and I don't really know if they're ever going to become good at it. So, for what they are and what they're asked to do, like sure he get more rebounds, I'd be a fan of that. But he's also playing a lot of three, so it's kind of interesting. If you're guarding the best player, usually on the perimeter, the opportunity to get rebounds is probably not going to be there as much as like a guard that's playing off ball, diving and crashing the glass, or a Sabonis who's down there already. So. Yeah, sure he could get better. That's why I gave him an A. I just think he's been so solid for the Pacers. And one thing that we did not mention, has not missed a game this season. Ability is yep. the best available. Uh, the best ability is availability, and that is why I gave him an A. That is true. Durability definitely important. I think, uh, hey, between an A minus and an A, it can't be argued there. Uh, the next player that I wanted to grade, one of the biggest acquisitions that the Pacers have ever had, 
Malcolm Brogdon. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm, I'm going with an A for Brogdon. He okay. has shown that his value to the team is just impeccable. I mean, when he's on the court, the Pacers are a much better team. He is a leader. He is a borderline all-star. If he was healthy, I think he would be an all-star. Right. But he's missed some games here and there. The only reason why I didn't give him an A-plus is just because his shooting is a little bit down, but I think it's because he's taken on a bigger role. So I'm really not knocking him for anything. You can't prevent injuries. So I would just say the fact that the shooting being down a little bit and a little bit of injuries, I'll give him an A instead of an A-plus. Yeah, this is the one we first, uh, the first one we agreed on, Foch, and I really didn't even look at the shooting as much as I did the, like I just mentioned with Warren, is the availability. Um, just his injuries, not being a part of the team for a good amount of games this year, uh, has probably cost them a couple games they should have won. So, uh, not his fault because you can't control back spasms and stuff like that. I mean, it's just part of the game, but, you know, I would, I would love to just see him, I don't know what the right way to go about it would be, but like, he injured that pinky, was sprained, and that's kind of why he mm-hmm. struggled shooting-wise because he was shooting uh, with a sprained pinky where he wasn't shooting his normal form. And I think recently, uh, not last night, obviously. <laughs> last night he was like two for 11, yeah. so not a good shooting night. But prior to last night in the first four games that he'd come back, shooting numbers were a lot higher, and that's because he's healthy again. So, yes, I understand that. I just think, A, amazing player this year, but I wish he was a little bit healthier so we didn't have to worry yes. about his uh, ability and availability come you know important games Mm -hmm. yeah i didn't want to knock him for the injuries because it's something that you can't control but it's been a little it's been a little bit of things and we knew he had a little bit of injury history and a it's hard to argue with Mm -hmm. the next player on my list this one uh we could differ on it's just pretty tricky jeremy lamb someone who i was very high on going into this year uh, I, I, I truly felt that Lamb could lead this team in scoring on opening night, and uh, I wondered what his role would be with Oladipo out. I'm going to give him a B minus. Okay. Alex. Uh, he started out hot. Remember, he scored double figures in in his first 15 games, but he's gone quiet at times. He's he's become like a fourth or fifth option at times. He could disappear. He he's only attempted a free throw in one of the last eight games. That's a good. So stat this is something. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, this is someone who, right now, with Oladipo coming back, it might work out better for him to just kind of adapt to a different role. What are you grading, Jeremy Lamb? Yeah, I gave him a C plus, so we're pretty much right there at the same grade. I mean, it's like a one uh, percentage difference. So, yeah, C plus. You gave him a B minus. I, I think that what the Pacers have asked of Lamb, he's done once again, but he's just gone MIA in some games. It's like you don't even realize he's not on the court. That's not his fault. I mean, he's basically the fourth or fifth option on the offense because you've got so many scorers, and he's been injured some. I mean, he missed a a handful of games there, and injuries are a part of the game, so I know it's not really fair to criticize, so that's just part of the reason I gave him a C plus. But, you know, there's been games where you've seen McConnells and McDermott's and Aaron Holliday's, even Justin Holliday's, outplay him and he he looks like the worst player in the nine-man rotation and that's not what you want him to be if he's supposed to be your sixth man and hopefully once he is settled into that role uh, we'll we'll see him be utilized in a different way so uh, right now it's c plus but at the end of the year i'll be interested to see how that grade changes for me so will i now moving over to our next player this is someone that pacer nation is always split on (laughs) And that's Miles Turner. F. Uh, I think we'll switch it up for Alex for now. You go first. What yeah. did you give Miles Turner? I'm giving Miles Turner an F. He's been terrible. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I was just on the Trey Turner camp right there. But anyway, no. Um, I would give Miles Turner a B. And the reason I give him a B, not a B plus, not a B minus, just a solid B because, yes, he was injured for a good amount of games. And when he was injured, the Pacers didn't skip a beat. Yes, they were playing really bad teams at that point. So you got to take the good with the bad. It is what it is. But I think that Turner, until recently, I mentioned how much I enjoy the way he had really adapted into this new role over the last month and a half. But we've been playing since October. So if you've been playing like you had the last month and a half um, over the whole entire season, then he probably would get an A. But it was hard for him to adjust to Sabonis being uh, the guy they run the offense through and not and basically becoming a stretch four. So, yes, he's been good defensively, offensively. He's just limited in what he can do. He's gotten better at, you know, taking advantage of smaller defenders on him in the post. But 
All in all, Fachi, I just think that he's been solid. He's got plenty of room to grow, but at the same time, his defense is so good for the Pacers that I do think that it's worth noting he is deserving of a B. I went with a B as well, so we are in agreement because you can't just go by the numbers. He sacrificed so much, right? And the numbers are gonna—they're gonna be down as a result. So right now, you know, Miles Turner, the spacing that he's creating is allowing so much to happen for this team. I think that his percentages from three will go up when Victor returns. I think that it's going to get him some extra open looks. Uh, right now we're seeing him take more of a volume of threes, which is what this team needs. So, yeah, he's not going to be right around the close to 40, you know, 39% that he was last year from three. But he's accepted the role. We've seen him at times, like when Sabonis was out against Chicago, Miles was dominant. Mm-hmm. I think that if Sabonis wasn't there, we would be seeing a totally different Miles Turner. So right now I feel like he has not been a distraction. Uh, sure, he deleted his social media at one point, but he has not been you know, vocally complaining about this. I'm going to give him a B because of the role that he's had to accept. His defense, you cannot replace it. And the Pacers would be much worse if they shipped off Miles Turner for, you know, a, a so-so guy who's putting up, quote, stats right now. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that his defense is so valuable to the Pacers' success and how much, you know, they preach defense. So it's been difficult for him to adjust to this new role, but I think that he's done it well and gracefully. So let's move on, Fachi. Let's do a double whammy here. Let's do both Aaron and Justin Holiday. the Holiday brothers, have – you know, been really good for the Pacers off the bench. So, uh, Aaron Holiday first. What was your grade for him? I went with B minus. Uh, <laughs> so did <I'm> a, I. <laughs> okay, well there we go. I mean, I, I'm a big Aaron Holiday fan. I'm a big just Holiday family guy. Yeah. I'm a big Holiday season guy. Oh, all right, stop. but I felt like <laughs> Aaron Holiday took a solid step forward this year. He really did. I, I think that right now his career trajectory is right where I feel uh, comfortable with. Of like, okay. He, he can continue to get better, averaging over 10 points, 3.5 assists, 41% shooting from three. I give him the B- minus because of the inconsistency. Exactly. Some games, he, it's it's rough. You're going to see some – there's some games out there where it's like 5 of 19 shooting or like 1 of 9. And then there's the games where he's 8 of 9. So it's just two all over the place. I'm going with the B-. minus. Yeah, I, I gave him the same thing, you know, B- minus because we've seen Aaron Hall. They'd be great and win games for the Pacers. Uh, the Magic game and the Raptors game really stick out for games that he mm-hmm. won for us. But then you also look at games where he's just been, once again, MIA. Like, he was so bad against the Nuggets uh, two nights ago. Him and Jeremy Lamb were like 0 of 10 combined. Like, from your shooting guard position, getting no points from them is just bad. So, yeah, I mean, and we, and we've seen Aaron Holiday without Malcolm Brogdon in the point guard position. Like, he was starting for a while. And after that Raptors game, I think he played pretty well in the Heat game. So pretty much Pelicans game on from that. So I think it was like the 28th or 29th. From that game yeah. on, he was he just really struggled. He had a good yes. game against Chicago, went 8 of 9, coming off the bench, playing you know, in that second unit, off the ball a little bit like we mentioned earlier. It's just one of those things with Aaron. He's a young player. He's inconsistent. And that's why McMillan is so hesitant to give him a significant role. But – that's why I think he's going to be out of the rotation when uh, Oladipo comes back, just because he's too inconsistent and not somebody that you can trust and rely upon for a, a playoff series. All right, and then uh, I think that sums it up pretty well. Justin Holiday, lead it off, Alex. What did you go with for Justin? You know, Justin's my guy, and mm-hmm. I ended up giving him a B plus. It, it's Me hard. too. Okay, wow. So. Wait. All right. Well, let's keep it going. What do you, what do you got for Justin? Right. Uh, terrific, terrific leader. Terrific veteran. Uh, his three-point shooting has really started to look awesome. Like It feels like he can't miss when he's in the corner. Um, I, I felt like last night, even though the Pacers played terrible, like he had five blocks in that game. So just showing what his value is. like He's kind of similar to Thaddeus Young. Not as good of a rebounder, but his post defense is so good. Uh, playing the power forward position at six foot six because the Pacers don't have a backup power forward, he's been fantastic at that. So uh, I, I absolutely wanted Justin Holiday all off season long. I was begging for him. You remember I was campaigning. Oh yeah, my, my tail off story. for him. So I, I just wanted Justin because I knew what he would bring to this team because of his toughness, his grittiness. Played with the Bulls, played with the Grizzlies, two teams that rely upon you know defense, and that's what the Pacers do as well. So yes, Fachi. B plus because he's not a star. He's not going to be that big of a game changer. But 
he definitely does have that X factor uh, that you look for off the bench. And we talk about Aaron being that X factor offensively. Well, defensively, Justin can be that player. A hundred percent. I mean, for what he is, he can't really be playing much better. He's a classic three and D guy. You know, it's, it's only eight points that he's averaging, but he's shooting basically 41% from three. We've seen him play great defensive uh, possessions on a ton of, you know, really good players in the NBA. He's that guy that he really was the icing on the cake for this Pacers team. When they signed Justin Holiday. I felt like it made them that much deeper. And he was, like I said, the veteran on this team. Oldest guy on the team, a guy who has been around. He's been in pretty much every situation. Well, now he's in a winning situation where he's playing meaningful minutes and he's making the most of it. B plus for me. Absolutely. Well, I just want to take a moment here because it's finally good to see your face, Flash. Uh, <laughs> we've been uh, on Skype for over 30 minutes now, and the and the video camera from Fachi's side of things just finally came on 33 minutes into the show. So, uh, hey, good, better good late than you, never. <laughs> good to Thank see you it, very buddy. much. I'm dressed up. We had a conference at work today, but hey, I love talking Pacer basketball way more, so I wasn't missing this. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, back to the grades. So let's move over to uh, the McConnell-McDermott duo, our, our our guys that just move so well without the ball and with the ball, just great offensive players and uh, really important keys to the bench. So TJ McConnell, I'm going to go first here, Fachi. I gave him a B-plus as well. Similar to Justin Holiday, I just feel like he's been so vital for that second unit. And we mentioned how much uh, earlier when we were talking about him with your facts with Fachi, how important he is to this team. I just love everything he does, and he is what Nate McMillan calls the injection. So inject all of the McConnell energy that he plays with into my veins because I love this player. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really argue too much with your B plus, but I am because I'm going to give him an A minus. All right, oh. I am a big TJ McConnell fan. He just feels like. The, the scrapper point guard that I always was on the court. Um, you were a scrapping point guard? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Is that uh, why you the like one... the guy from West Virginia so much that was drafted by Memphis? Oh, Javon Carter? That yes. is my man. All right. <laughs> anyway, TJ McConnell. <laughs> career year, he's literally the perfect backup point guard. I feel like he'll, he'll do anything. He is, I've said before, he is a coach's son, and you could see it. He needs uh, to shoot threes better, though. That's why I did not give him an A+. Plus. That is the only <laughs> knock the on his game. Reason? That's the only reason. What if he, he was a little bit bigger? He's too small. Yeah, but right now, I think he only has like three made threes on the year. But he so you're talking he's about not a shooter. Have you seen him? Exactly. Shoot him? Ugh, they look terrible. Uh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He's not even shooting threes. So it's not like he's shooting a bad percentage. It's just he's not shooting threes. If he could really add that to his game, I think it would help out a lot more. But – Career year across the board, doesn't turn it over, shoots a great field goal percentage. I'm giving him an A minus. All right, all right. I like it, I like it. Well, let's go to McDermott Foch. I gave him a B, a solid B. I feel like he is supposed to be, excuse me, he's supposed to be a knockdown three point shooter. And while at times we do see that there's also times where he's shot very poor percentages from that, he's a terrible defender. We know that, but he's been available for every game this year. Uh, I'm sure your grade for McDermott might be a little bit higher because he's been so big for the bench, but I gave him a B just because I felt like if I was grading all the bench players, I feel like he's been the third best bench player behind Justin and behind McConnell. As Not as as guess I could say the reason I am saying he's third based on those three guys is just the level of intensity that he plays with and the importance of what he does. I mean, he is a great uh, cutter without the basketball. We see him and Sabonis have such great chemistry. Gotta love the way he plays, but at the end of the day, I think that he's got limitations to his game. So a solid B is what I gave him. Fachi, what'd you give McDermott? Alex, you know me too well because I went with a B plus. <laughs> I went for it because we brought him in to be the knockdown three point shooter, and last year he wasn't. He was fine from three, but it's no one really. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, no one really felt hell, like happy with Doug McDermott's uh, play last year. But this year, you could see he put in the work. He has been a knockdown three-point shooter, shooting 44% from the field, 47% overall. Uh, he's averaging over 10 points now. After the last game, he's he's gotten his points up. He's now the seventh pacer, averaging double figures, and he's doing it in under 21 minutes. So I feel like on a bad team or a team that just gave him more volume – 
I think Doug McDermott would be putting up 15 points per game on on one or two teams that is giving him the touches. Yeah, that's, that's a, I'm that's happy a fair with his point. play. Look, a, we know what he is. He was never going to play defense. He was <laughs> never going to put down boards. He was never going to have, you know, five to ten assists, make threes. That's what we're paying you for, and he's doing it. I feel like he only gets rebounds when Sabonis is trying to get his career high. It's like he'll just come in there and take double from Sabonis. It's <laughs> yeah. like, Sabonis is getting you all your shots. Can you please just let him get his career high in rebounds? But uh, anyway, let's let's move on. We're getting down towards the bottom of the bench. We've got about mm-hmm. five minutes left this segment, so let's not spend too much time on this. But let's go with Edmund Sumner, Fachi. Uh, what was your grade for him? Oh, man, this is, this is where it gets really tough. I went with just a C plus. It was okay. so tough decision because – you can't plan injuries, but Edmund Sumner is someone who's had injuries, and I don't know what you can do. I wanted to see him play in summer league so bad. I felt like he needed it, and it just feels like he got hurt at the wrong time. It's hard for him to get consistent minutes, and when Oladipo comes back, it's only going to get harder. So what do you what do you give an Edmund Sumner? Yeah, I gave him a B- minus just because I know like he was in the rotation before he got hurt, but then the pace started clicking whenever – uh, they inserted Aaron Holiday in the backcourt with T.J. McConnell. And Sumner's not a great three-point shooter. His shot looks a little bit funky. But he's a really good defender, and he brings energy off the bench. So he's a nice young piece, but not something that you're going to rely upon. I think him being the 11th, 12th man in the rotation is exactly the type of player he is in today's NBA. So uh, hard to really give him a fair grade. So let's move on. Goga Bataze, the rookie from Georgia. This was probably the toughest grade. I was a little bit harsh. I ended up giving him a solid C. That's it. And I don't know what you gave him, Foch. Oh, yeah, I gave him a C. Yeah, that is a just, capital C. It's just mm-hmm. because he's just not ready for the moment yet. And we've seen the inconsistencies, him being out of place, him looking scared. Like he's overthinking things. He's not playing the game just loose. And then we've also seen when he's been relied upon to start games and get in that comfortable feeling where he's not trying to prove that he's worth the minutes. He looks calm, cool, and collective. So he's dominating the G League when he goes down there, but he's still just a couple years away from being a really important piece of this rotation. So right now I give him a solid C. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I think you could chalk it up to rookie struggles. The game looks a little too fast for him at times. He's, he has He commits some of those quick fouls that should not happen uh it's hard for him to get the consistent minutes and we haven't seen that three ball that we heard all about i mean it's just it's it's been tough to to really we haven't seen goga blossom lately it's been a while earlier this season he had a couple little flashes but i think this is just what happens on a team where you have two established guys that are true centers in uh miles turner and domas Sabonis. but at least when goga's gone down in the g league you have seen him dominant dominate he's averaged over 21 points and 16 rebounds in his limited time there so we know hey this guy's way better than g league competition he just needs more time in the nba absolutely well let's move over to a guy that got some minutes starting for the pacers here recently uh, against the chicago bulls and that's jakar samson fachi what was your grade for jakar Dude, I am a big Jakar Sampson guy. Oh, I'm God. going with a B plus. Okay, that's what I'll tell I you him. why. That's what yeah, I, I feel like Jakar Sampson is that friend that you haven't talked to in a while, but when you see him, you, it's like he never skipped a beat. Exactly. You two are because we'll see him out of the rotation for ten games, maybe like fifteen games. But when there's an injury, Jakar Sampson will start, or he'll get some quality minutes, and he'll give you. Quality time. He, he went just like against Chicago, a cold dish of revenge. He went perfect from the field. And I <laughs> felt like, boom, that's it. Back to the bench. And you don't see him for a little bit. It, it's just, that's Jakar. When he's ready, he's he, when he's called upon, always ready. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Like, he missed and wasn't even in the rotation. Even in garbage time, he won't even get minutes sometimes. But when he's called upon to start, it's just like he's got himself ready. And the Pacers have really needed him, and he's been good in the games that he's played. I mean, we saw ourselves a Jakar dunk fest against the Bulls in Chicago mm-hmm. at the United Center. I mean, he was, like, campaigning for the All-Star Game Slam dunk contest. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things with Jakar. Uh, I think a lot of fans just grew to love him because of the way he played and the hustle that he played with. So that's a that's a fair grade. I think a B-plus is good. Now let's move over to a more disappointing power forward for the Pacers. Got terrible facial hair. and Oh, yeah. Know, oh, yeah. 
just uh, had a real opportunity to be the backup power forward for the Pacers and then just proved why he is not worth playing in the rotation. And that's the one and only TJ Leaf. I was not as mean as I could have been. I gave him a D, Fachi. Okay. I gave him a D plus, And part of the reason why I gave him a D plus is because last year I gave him an F. Felt a little bad about it. And and then I gave him that D-plus strictly off of that Chicago game earlier in the year where he had like 15 points and 12 boards. If it wasn't for that, I'd give him, you know, an incomplete, unprepared grade. If I'm a teacher, I'm thinking, TJ, you only turned in half your paper. Like, well, where is the rest of your work? Because this is year three, and this guy does not look like he's gotten really any better. He's gotten a little bit better. I'll give him that. But he can't crack the rotation. Yeah, and then as far as uh, Alizé Johnson and uh, Bowen go, I gave them both incomplete grades just because we really haven't seen them play meaningful minutes. I guess we saw Alizé play like one game as the backup power forward Mm -hmm. over Leaf when he was struggling. But, you know, just not enough of a sample size to really give them any fair grade. But I did give Mitru Long a grade because I felt like the game that he had against the Nets where the Pacers were down, Brogdon and McConnell, he got – to be a part of a huge win, and I gave him a B just for that game because when he was called upon, he did exactly what they need him to do. I mean, he even got called upon, had to fly all the way from, I forget, I think it was Maine or something like that, uh, for the Pacers game against the Bucks. I mean, that's just a tough matchup to play against with no, like, sleep, basically. And, yes, he struggled, but he's a young player in the G League for a reason, and when he was called upon, he delivered, so I gave him a B. Yeah, 12 points that night. I don't know if we win that game without him. He was big in that game. He had some some big baskets that I feel like really swung the momentum. So, hey, I, I agree with that. Alize, just someone who I would love to see get a little bit more time, but it's just so hard to come by. At least he's dominating the G League, 22 and 15 you know, rebounds per game. So, hey, I, I, if I had to give him a grade, I would just say C-plus when he comes in there, he can get a basket. But you're always talking garbage time, so it's hard to really grade him there. Yeah, so – Let's just wrap this up here, Fachi, because you're not going to believe it. I just got a text message from Jeremiah Johnson, someone we've been trying to get on the show for a while, and he has two Indiana Pacers with him right now, and he's going to call us, and we are going to talk to Malcolm Brogdon and DeMontis Sabonis on the next segment. So we'll be right back. All righty, everybody, we are back, and joining us on the line right now, I cannot believe it, we have Malcolm Brogdon and DeMontis Sabonis. So, First things I got to ask you, Malcolm, you're the president of this team. You know, the Pacers obviously just lost a tough one in Utah, but that game in Denver, tell me what was going through your mind when you had that slam dunk to kind of seal the deal for the Pacers. Well, you know, it's just such a a team thing here in Indiana. It's one of my favorite things about it is, uh, it's a great culture. It's the home, it's the home state of basketball. It's really the birth of basketball. And so anytime that I can make a play like that for, this kind of franchise and this team is something that I'm really, really excited about. And uh, making a play like that, you know, it's just uh, something that I've been working on and something that we've been working on collectively. And uh, it's uh, very exciting to get a win in a place like Denver like that and to be able to make a play for my guys and my teammates is very exciting and uh, excited about the next game. Hey, Malcolm, I appreciate you joining. Uh, so what do you have to say about those who doubted this team coming into the season without Vic? Obviously, the player like Victor Oladipo's, uh his ability, you know, people are going to look at us and say that we're going to be on the outside looking in and we're not going to be one of the contenders in the East without having our best player in all reality. But I think that's when you look at the culture that Indiana has provided. That's one thing that I really was excited about to come here. I wanted to be drafted here. And because of the culture with a guy like Nate McMillan, with a guy like Domas Sabonis, a guy like Miles Turner, I think that I added that added to that myself. But still looking forward to Vic coming back with the caliber of player that he is. But people are always going to have negative things to say, and people are always going to doubt a team like Indiana in a small market. And if we just keep playing the way we've been playing – we add Vic to get back. We're going to be real danger in the East. I, I love to hear that. So, Demontis, it's so glad we're so glad to have you on as well. You know, hopefully, future All Star. But one of the things we came up with here at Setting the Pace is we came up with the nickname to kind of 
you know, after yours and Brogdon's pick and roll, we call it the 7-Eleven because you're number 11 and he's number seven and your pick and roll is one of the most deadly combinations in the NBA. So what do you think of that nickname and what is it like playing with a guy like Brogdon? Oh, yeah, uh, that's uh, 7-Eleven is actually one of my uh, favorite places to go. Uh, get some good snacks there on the road or uh, maybe after practice. Uh, I, I, so I, that, that's pretty funny, I'd say, that we uh, be called 7-Eleven. I, I really, really enjoy that, that spot. Uh, but playing with Malcolm is uh, it's kind of like going to 7-Eleven. You know, it's a treat. Uh, I really, really enjoy it. Uh, so it's been very, very good. And uh, I think that is pretty funny and uh, very excited about uh, playing with him more. I appreciate that, uh, Domas. I have a question for Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm, what do you have to say to those who feel that you would be the lead candidate to play Barack Obama in his future biopic movie? Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I've gotten that a lot, uh, you know, since when when he was President Obama, and just the way that I look and the way that I sound and the vocabulary that I use. Uh, my dad's a lawyer. I'm a pretty smart guy. Uh, so I've, I've gotten that a lot. I enjoy that. Uh, I, I haven't gotten into the acting chops too much, but, uh, you know, if they were to call on me to do something like that, who knows, maybe I could give it a shot. But uh, it's an honor to even be mentioned in the same breath as somebody like President Obama. Yeah, uh, a lot of people, I think, would still rather have Obama as president, but we won't get into that. So, Sabonis, my last question for you. <laughs> Uh, three days away, or three games away, I should say, until the return of Victor Oladipo. Uh, this is a guy that you were traded with from Oklahoma City to Indianapolis uh, to be a part of this great Pacers organization. What does it mean to have a guy like Victor right in the wing about to come back and help you guys down the stretch uh, heading into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, we uh, we had a very good first half. Uh, we are very, very excited about uh, the team that we have right now. Um, but getting a guy like Vic back, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's so good at what he does. He's, he's incredible at what he does. And, uh, you know, adding him can only, uh, make us more dangerous, uh, as a team. Uh, so very excited about the second half and, and for next week to be able to get Victor back. Uh, he's going to add, add, add to what we have. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep our head down and keep, uh, moving forward and, and, and keep playing the way we are. Uh, but, but so excited to have Vic back and, uh, he, he's going to make a big difference for our team. Hey, Domas, Malcolm, I want to thank you guys very much for coming on. We really appreciate the time today. I know how busy you guys are. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. All right, everybody. We hope you guys enjoyed the wonderful work from the great voice impersonator, the one and only Joey Molinero. Joey, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. It's uh, always fun coming on with you and talking to the Pacers and – you know, to to your listeners out there, I know you got loyal following. That was, that was the first time I've ever even tried to do those, besides not like looking in the mirror in my apartment. So you know, I'll work on them a little bit more. But uh, you know, I had fun with them. <laughs> I, I thought you did great. Um, so Joey, what has the range been? I mean, where are you drawing the line on who you can impersonate or not? Oh man, I mean, just whoever, you know, I try to find different people around indie, the indie scene, whether it be in media or whether it be in, you know, sports teams or coaches and start there and kind of work my way out. You know, if there's somebody like uh, uh, a coach O or a Saban that I think I can do all right with, then I'll, I'll look at those. I mean, there's really, really no limit to it. Um, it's just something that I've always been able to have a knack for a little bit to uh, be able to, excuse me, listen to somebody and, watched somebody long enough and been able to get him down pretty well. So uh, there's really no limit on it, and I'm down for whoever. And You know, kind of like you guys are like, any any pacers, you want to do these? And I was like, yeah, I'll give them a shot. So last couple of days I've just been listening to their interviews and, you know, and watching them and, and kind of trying to get down there how their voice sounds and, and the cadence of how they talk and things like that. So no limit, but, you know, excited to do to do more. So – I guess first things first for me, like what inspired you to start doing voice impersonations? Like, cause that's just something you have to like, just enjoy doing mimicking people, like just having fun with it. And then number two, you know, you've got a lot of success doing the coach O and the Saban stuff. What has that success led to for you as far as like, you know, gaining followers, you know, the opportunities you've been able to have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so really, it's going to sound crazy and stupid probably, but like even as a little kid in middle school and then going into high school and everything, I always just enjoyed 
being able to, you know, look at teachers or like parents of my friends or family members of mine and, and, and impersonate them. And that was kind of my way to make people laugh. And, you know, I always uh, grew up enjoying, you know, the old SNL skits and people like Dana Carvey. And then I really, really thought that was awesome. And it was a big inspiration, you know, behind stuff like this. But um, so that's, I've always been doing them. And then, then finally I was like, well, if I want to try to, you know, make a living off of doing these kind of things or, you know, grow a following for it, then I got to find some people and try to do them. And, and so I've, you know, I've found some people over the last year and have done them and um, it's kind of turned into to what it is. And uh, it's been crazy, man. I mean, ever since um, Thanksgiving, you know, my following is, has, has grown um, substantially. You know, I've been lucky enough that people have, enjoyed them enough to then follow me and see what else I do. And, you know, just do, do a lot of different things besides impersonations and everything like that. But, um, you know, if that's just one way that I can, uh, gain people's attention and, and make them laugh, then, then I'm happy to do it. So, yeah, I got to go to the national championship last Monday, um, through Twitter sports. They invited me down there, uh, to go to that game and, and watch the game from a suite, uh, which is crazy. Uh, and then kind of just getting more into stand-up again. I did some when I was in college, but doing it more and more again because, shockingly enough, like people have asked me or booked me to be on different shows because of the impersonations and everything. <laughs> so I'm trying to trying to do uh, get back up on stage and get back in the flow of that while also doing the, the impressions. I think that's a great idea because someone who I love to see in stand-up is Frank Caliendo. And when Frank Caliendo yeah. has a conversation going on, pretending to be, you know, whether it's Charles Barkley and Donald Trump and someone else, they're all talking together. I think he does an unbelievable job at that. But, Joey, what is your favorite impersonation? Do you have one right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be Coach O. I mean, do I it. think so. That one. Do it. Yeah, that one. What's that? I said do it. Give it to us. <laughs> well, you can never go wrong with just a go Tigers. Um, so that's that's uh, that's a great thing to do and to rip that one. And he had such a hell of a year and stood at LSU and so happy for him and, and all the people down there in Louisiana who uh, are diehard LSU people. You know, I'm just I'm just hopped on the bandwagon this season because of Joe Burrow and then Coach O. But um, you know, they they they're awesome. They've been nothing but great to me and, and have enjoyed the impression and. Uh, you know, so like I said, I'm wearing an LSU hat right now, so I kind of roll with the Tigers now. But um, that's the favorite one to do just at the moment, just because uh, when it all comes down, you know, at, at the end of the day, like if really if I could just like kind of grunt and mumble through some things and then rip a go Tigers at the end, people people seem to like it. So it's not too <laughs> difficult one to do. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I appreciate you calling out all the haters on Twitter with quote tweets and just calling them out for making such a big deal about it. It's like. No offense, but if you don't like it, then why do you have to feel like the need to comment? It's kind of how I feel. It's like you're not doing this for serious. Yeah, I mean, it. yeah, it's. I think what got Alabama because Alabama people weren't enjoying the saving one, but that one that I did where I was like voicing over him on TV. Oh, that was excellent. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, thanks, but I, I think for whatever reason I kind of struck a bad chord with them, and they're just like, "We're making our coach look bad," and. <laughs> Um, they they weren't happy about it, but uh, you know it is what it is, and it's just like I said, you know, and, and people are always like, why do you respond to people like that? And it's like there's a bunch of people who say stuff to me. I don't respond to hardly any of them, but every now and then, you know, I feel like a a, a call to to kind of slam them back, and and so that's what I do. But I'm gonna keep doing them and gonna keep having fun doing them. So that's it. So, Joey, did you ever get maybe your inspiration back then? I don't know about you. Were you ever a prank phone caller? Because I used to kill the game on that. But oh, stop. when it's I not got about you right now, Fachi, we're talking. No, about I'm you. saying no. When I got <laughs> busted, I was done. I was washed up. But it seems like right now, you know, as a kid, if you were able to do these impersonations, you would have made a killing. Yeah, man, that's a good. That's a good idea. Maybe if I could go back, I probably would. But I was always too afraid. I was always like, I was always too afraid of getting caught. You know, just because I was like, <laughs> man, I don't want to get in trouble. So, uh, I w- I want to do the prank calls. But uh, actually, it was funny you mentioned that. I had somebody tweet at me. It was like, can I pay you to prank call somebody <laughs> as like one of the voices that I can do? And I was like, I mean. I guess just hit me up on Cameo if you want, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear back. I didn't hear back from him, so I don't know. Yeah, I might have to pay you to 
prank call Fachi. Uh, that might be a good one. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, just kind of wrap this whole conversation up. You know, I, I want to bring it back to the Pacers. So uh, sure. as a guy that's, you know, really into football, college football, the Colts, that whole thing, uh, you, you do still do a little bit of Pacers coverage with Kevin's Corner on 1070 The Fan. So uh, I want to get your thoughts on this year's Pacers team and what are your real expectations with Oladipo's return here in just a couple of days. Yeah, well, that's one one of the good things and one of my favorite things about the Pacers is that like I do so much coverage for the Colts that I get to be more of a fan for the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know I wasn't born and raised a Colts fan, whereas I was born and raised a Pacers fan, and so I have that tie that is just you know a little bit more relaxing I can fall back on. But no, I man, I mean I love this team. How can how can you not love this team and? the kind of guys that they have. And it just feels like a classic Indiana squad. You know what I mean? Between a guy like Malcolm Brogdon or a guy like Domas, who, who we just heard from. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they, they play hard. They play together. And it's like, you know, those things can kind of be an eye roll sometimes. But at the end of the day, I mean, that's what's going to get people out here is, is just a team that plays good basketball. And, you know, having a guy like Victor who is a little bit more flashy than what the rest of the team is, but he is a star. And it's nice to have that on top of the base and then the depth that a team like this has. So um, I think with Vic coming back, I mean, I think you look at the East right now, you know, I, I, I don't see why it would be too far of a stretch to see the Pacers playing, you know, in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm you know, getting back to – um, the days of 2013 and 2014 and, and, you know, teams like that, just because it feels like the East is so wide open. And when you look at uh, the Pacers top to bottom, I feel like you stack them up against any other team in the East, you know, they're, they're right there, give or take, a, you know, a, a Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, so I, I'm excited for the spring. I'm excited to see what they do. I think it's great for the city that when you have, you know, a struggling squad like the Colts that you can – you know, fall back on the Pacers, and, and they're exciting, and they're fun to watch, and they're good, and you know they're going to be playing in the playoffs, and, and hopefully get a deep run in them here coming up in the spring. Hey, if outside of Oladipo, who is the one guy who has to be on his game the most if the Pacers are going to make that run to the Eastern Conference Finals? Man, uh, I to me, it's a I mean, yeah, a lot of people would say like the X factor is Miles Turner, right? Just be like, is he going to be, you know, eight and four miles or is he going to be 15 and eight miles? You know, and that, that can make a big difference. But um, to me, I feel like if you have a, a, a Brogdon playing that the way he could and running the show the way that he can, to me, that just makes everybody else better. You know what I mean? With him running the show, if he's, if he's, playing to the best of his ability and then you got Vic doing what he does I feel like then that opens up Domas that opens up uh, Miles for for you know a pick and pop or something like that so I'd go with Brogdon with the the slight x factor being underneath with Miles just you know so Pacers Twitter can get off his back and if he brings the heat in the postseason then I, I feel good about that me too that'd be a great backcourt and everything we've hoped for so can't go wrong with that for sure all right, Joey. Well, I just gotta I gotta say you guys can follow Joey on Twitter at Joey Molinero. That's M U L I N A R O. And Joey, if you don't know how to spell that, well, hopefully you can go back to you know first grade. But uh, it's J O E Y. So um, anyway, Joey, appreciate you coming on, and uh, we thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to do some more impersonations. And hopefully, you just keep working on the uh, Brogdon Sabonis one, and can maybe make a parody out of that as well. Yeah, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. And like I said, for for you guys loyal followers, no, I'm still working on it. But I wanted to tough it out for you guys and, and throw them out there. So uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Always good talking to you guys, and I'm sure we'll be uh, linking up here by the end of the year. Much appreciated, Joey. Thanks for the time. Yep. Later, fellas. Alrighty, Fachi, let's close this thing out. I'm sure all of our uh, fans that are hoping to win the two free tickets to see Victor Ladipo next Wednesday. Uh, are glad that we are at this point of the show. We're going to announce the winner. Uh, we want to thank Joey Molinero once again for coming on, Fachi. It was a blast talking with Joey. 
That it was. I mean, for for a bit, I thought I actually was talking with Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon. So I appreciate Joey stopping on by. He's got some great stuff. You got to check him out on Twitter. Yeah, and I think if we really were talking to them, Fachi would have uh, had a lot more questions to ask uh, than what oh. we just went with. So uh, Fachi was way what? too cool for that not to really be Sabonis or Brogdon. Would I have fanboyed? Yeah, probably. Every but time. But you know what? Uh, yeah. You can usually see, if you can only see my face on the other side, guys, I'm always just ecstatic when we have a player on uh-huh. here. And that's the inner fan in me. All right, Fachi. Well, let's go ahead and pick the winner. So can you give me a drum roll, please? All right. All right. And the winner of the two free tickets is at Monica underscore L underscore B. So Monica... Uh, we will let you listen to this podcast, and I will message you by Friday if you have not reached out to me about winning the tickets. So, Monica, congratulations, and uh, to all of our other contestants and uh, participants that tried to win this contest giveaway, maybe me and Fachi will do another one uh, in the future for setting the pace. You just never know, so you got to tune in and be in it to win it. So, everybody, thank you for uh, for coming out for this contest, and like, like Alex said, There'll be another one. Don't worry. Absolutely. So as we wrap this show up, Fachi, uh, I know that your favorite thing is to talk about revenge games. So the floor is yours. The Pacers are headed to Phoenix tomorrow night or tonight. Sorry for the listeners. Uh, tonight to, to play the Phoenix Suns and a, a guy that was given to the Pacers for free will be getting his chance at revenge. So the floor is yours. Alex, I am on the verge of going into my freezer right now and taking out an ice-cold dish because I got a plate that is freezing, and it has T.J. Warren's name all over it. He is going to serve the Phoenix Suns as if he's a waiter, okay? Because this is the revenge game we all needed, and I know T.J. Warren's going to show up for it. I cannot wait. Oh my god, I'm dying over here, Fachi. Let's get out of here, my man. <laughs> you guys can follow us on Twitter at setting the pace three. Follow Fachi at underscore F A C C I. I'm at Alex Golden NBA, and if you haven't already, check out PacersTalk.net where you can find all the latest articles and coverage of the team. And you can follow us on Twitter on Instagram at PacersTalk. So until next time, peace out, Pacer Nation. Let's go, Pacers. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.